Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you, uh, Steve. How are you? It's great to be here. I'm sounding better than you sound. What is the deal? I cannot wake it up. I can't wake it up. You're still recovering, though, right? You had a... That's what happens when you live in the colder, you know, climates. You get, you know, susceptible to horrible, bad things. 
we don't have scorpions or tarantulas just wandering free hither and well, yon. Well, that's true. All the animals and plants that are native here want to kill you. Yes, everything is out to get you and eat yeah. you and poison yes. you. <laughs> you live in a place that was not meant for humanity. I'm sure you have nice friends. <laughs> We all, all just, all we just huddle inside our homes, <laughs> our little, just keep, keep the environment out there. We're in <laughs> here. That's just like you. You're, you're cooped up for the winter. It's like winter lockdown mode. Can't go winter. outside. Well, it's just soggy. It's like a cold sponge all day. It, <laughs> that's, but this, it, well, that's really, so much I, more comfortable. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what have you seen? What have you seen lately? Have you seen anything good? Yeah. Okay. So. Last night, it's been on my list to see for a very long time. My brother's in town, and he said, we're going to sit down and watch this. I said, okay. We Does watched- your brother have a home, by the way? Because it feels like every week my brother's in town. <laughs> oh, he's been, uh, he's <laughs> he's out visiting. So okay. he's, he's, he's traveling the Southwest right now. Uh, he's, uh, uh, so we watched uh, Steven Soderbergh's Schizopolis, which oh, dear. is, I just am still trying to figure out what happened to me but i liked it it's really bizarre it feels very 90s uh so this was like i think 95 or 96 so this was you know i think sort of before the second phase of his career because you know you had you know sex lies and videotape and kafka and that and then there was a lull before he came back with out of sight and this is one of those weird things that he did for himself sort of very experimental that he was in that he he's in with his ex-wife yeah yes oh it's it's bizarre i you, you can't it's very challenging to make sense of what's going on but it's extremely entertaining while it's confusing you <laughs> well, i'm proud of you for watching it i have not seen it and i'm a soderbergh fan uh it is uh it, it I, I can't even say it's been on my list. It's one of those yes, I've heard of it. <laughs> oh, it's it's worth it's worth it's checking worth it. out. It's worth checking out. You'll either I mean, you may I think you should experience it once. And you may decide I never need to see that again. But I think it will entertain you. It's just as, as long as it's enough. Go ahead and color my and sort of retcon my opinion of Steven Soderbergh. I'm okay. Well, you can just say, "Oh, that's when he was young and ambitious and trying to be artsy and do something <laughs> weird." Okay. He's past that now. All right, that was twenty odd. That was a whole like adult ago. That was twenty two years ago. <laughs> All right. All right. It's on the list then. Schizopolis. Good find. Yes. What about you? You've cooped up in bed, you know, binging anything? I I have been, but it's been all for the show. Uh, I'll tell you, we we finally got around to recording the episode on Local Hero, uh, which, if you haven't seen, is worth seeing. It's a it's a really cute film. It is not at all what I expected. We we watched this film. Uh, it stars uh, Burt Lancaster and Peter Reichardt and Wedge Antilles. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wedge Antilles okay. uh, is amazing. Dennis Lawson is a principal character in this uh, on this little Scottish island, and he's wonderful. I I just I he's just wonderful. Best thing in the movie. Um, it, it's a it's a story of this oil company that sends a guy to Scotland to buy this island, you know, and you think it's going to be the whole story of the island reacting negatively and him, you know, the oil company guy getting convinced. Oh, this the this peaceful uh, island. 
Ireland lifestyle is so great. I want to stay with these people in Scotland. But <laughs> the Scots all want to get rid of the island, too. They'll take the money. And that whole thing I find absolutely delightful. So um, it, we, we watched this movie you know, it's from 1983. So, you know, the technology is not what it is today in terms of making the movie. We watched it for Andy Nelson, the, the you know, Oscar the other Andy. sound designer. Yes. Yeah, the other Andy. that, uh, And it, it was a fascinating thing to talk to him about this movie because, you know, he's just wrapping up Ready Player One mm. uh, right now. And... You know, his the movie that he selected, I guess this is my assumption. I always expect when we do these speakeasy conversations that the person that we're bringing on is going to choose a movie that inspires them somehow in their career. And uh, that is um, not really the case here. Right. This is not a movie that is incredible. It is an incredible sound movie. You know, it's it is uh, it's just a movie that really touches him in terms of storytelling. And, and so it was really nice to hear him talk about it. Um, so I, I watched Local Hero. That was fantastic. Uh, I also rewatched All That Jazz. Steve. Oh, okay. Yes. And this was for our conversation with um, Nick Sadler, a cinematographer behind Coherence. Oh, uh, Coherence. Yeah. Have you seen that one yet? No, but I saw, you know, on our reviews feed that you and Andy had watched that. And it's been on my list of movies that is, it sounds really interesting. So I want, it's, it's out there. And so I saw both of you guys saw it and, you know, saw how you reviewed it. I thought, okay, this is moving back up on my list of things to make sure I watch. Yeah, it's it is a oh, oh my goodness. Okay, well, first of all, uh, Nick Sadler is an incredible guy. He's an incredible photographer. He's an incredible uh, cinematographer. He's an app developer. He makes apps that are used on practically every movie that is being made right now. Uh, he he's just uh, he's out there. He's he does a lot of things. Um, and this movie in particular, Coherence, it, it's. Um, it's a smaller movie. I mean, they shot it in three days. Uh, I don't want to tell you about the movie, but I do want to tell you just how they shot it. Do you think that would spoil it too much? No, no, I don't think so. I don't no. think so either. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, okay. Uh, the the premise is it you know it it opens on a dinner party and you're in this house and and there's a dinner party and it's it's shot very low budget and um you know they they have a whole bunch of Canon five Ds and uh, so they put them throughout the house and they have a bunch of people running them. The way this is what I want you to think about as you're watching this movie. This movie was shot like a play. They oh, okay. ran it okay. straight through with cameras everywhere. So when characters leave the house and go to a different location, there are cameras outside capturing them doing that while the action is still going on at the dinner party. So just the, the, just think about that as you're watching okay. this movie as, and try to piece it back together because it's one of those movies that will break your brain a little bit. And I know I liked it even better after having this conversation with Nick where he told us of, uh, how they made it. So okay. totally worth it. I can't wait to get this episode out for people to hear. He's a he's a treat, too. So the, both of those speakeasies were a long time coming and um, uh, were really fun to to talk about. Uh, in the case of Andy Nelson, 25 years, our Andy Nelson and I have been talking about that Andy Nelson. <laughs> and so to, to have a conversation with, I mean, we've been watching him on the Oscars for that long. Yeah. Uh, and he was actually very funny. You know, he said, nobody really, uh, I, I'm always amazed when people are like waving at me from 
you know, the red carpet as I'm walking into the Oscars, because who pays attention to us guys below the line? But there are people who do. And I'm just really honored that that uh, people are interested in the work that I do. So it was very cool. We talked to him all about Atmos. So it'd be fun to oh, wow. hear okay. about what, what he cool. thinks about mixing Atmos yeah. and, and uh, um, you know, how they how that has has integrated into the process. So it was it was really fun. So those are the movies that I've seen all that jazz. I'm, I wanted to get back to you on that because, um, you know, you did a uh, three of a kind, including all yeah. that jazz some time ago now and and yeah. uh, uh it had been a long time since i'd seen it and um wow still a fantastic movie the half hour the last half hour of which i just can't stomach like it's it's really hard mostly because of the heart surgery stuff it's it's oh, for me to yeah. watch yeah yeah uh, so anyhow that's it that's for me it turns out i have seen a lot of things all in a row and they all have blended together <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, and all good. this while yeah. still trying to finish season two of The Expanse. So I'm really struggling oh, with that. And now Jessica Jones is out. I don't know what oh, to do. I, you can't. It's it's like they turn on the fire hose. Yeah, you know, they really do. This time just, of year is tough. It's just, yeah. With, well, then I'm looking at what's out in theaters, and it, it's like March has become like what January and February used to be. You've got a couple things like early. It's like next week. There's like nothing. We got a lull in the middle of March, you know, with this weekend that, you know, may take the, you know, may take the family out to see Wrinkle in Time. You know, there's, you know, Red Sparrow that I'm kind of intrigued. I don't know if I have to see that out in, you know, the theater, if, if that one can wait. But uh, one of my former trailer picks, Thoroughbreds, you know, is out sort of in limited yeah. release. So there's there's that like right now that I'm looking. It's like nothing. It's like everybody got scared off the, the back end of the month because of, of Ready Player One. Yeah. And the behemoth of marketing and expectation that that thing has become, which is quite a source of controversy, you know, over on Discord. It seems like, you know, a civil war is happening where there's a big split and you've got Andy Nelson on one side saying, let me just have fun and enjoy this. (laughs) And a lot of other people saying this is ruining everything. This is horrible. So I... I yeah, know. I you know, I this it's, is one of those things I can see the perspective of some of the marketing being derivative. And yet I am uh, I'm of mind where I feel like I was going down the road of being poisoned by it. And I, and I think that there's a different conversation around some of the the bile that I'm reading on the Internet about Ready Player One uh, about the and, and I think Nick Langdon actually had a really sane post on it in, in Discord about, you know, that this is a this is reactionary as a result of changing hands of nerd culture. And yeah. e- even though the book wasn't, you know, one of the great books, uh, it, I had a good time with the book. I had a good time letting go with that book. And. I need to read it again because all of a sudden it seems like people who I thought enjoyed the book are now saying, oh, the book was book was derivative and boring now that the movie is coming out. And uh, I don't that's not my memory of it, but I feel like I'm a little bit poisoned by it and I don't want to be poisoned. I want to go into this movie clean. And and so I, I feel like we also kind of need to reclaim the word spoiler. Like it's not just knowing what the movie's about, but I, I don't I don't need you know, other people's baggage against a movie on my shoulders when I go in to see it. I I am totally open to it being a bucket of crap. I am fine with that. I would love to talk about it after the fact, but let's at least judge it on its merits. It's very rare that Steven Spielberg has made a movie that I have just hated. And I have a hard time imagining that this is going to be one of those movies. Yeah. Well, I think you get into a a certain genre and uh, I just rewatched Bright and uh, made my brother watch it because I said, you know, there was all this just, you know, 
hate this movie is horrible. And I th- and we watched it and he said, oh, yeah, OK, at the beginning, you can see, you know, some of, OK, we've got to make these things happen for the story. You can see sort of the plotting, you know, we got to push this thing here. We've got to have this. There's some authority up there that's making sure that this has to happen, that he's he's the diversity hire. So he has to be with Will Smith. And there's not a lot of explanation in that it's just that has to be the case because we need these guys together in a car but other than that yeah you get you know it's like training day and it's like a lot of other cop buddy movies but i think you know there's a lot of great visuals in there and there's some you know really interesting moments that i thought did not merit the hate and it's the same thing with ready player one it's like within these these genres it's i almost think it's this fear of liking something and putting yourself out there to say, yes, I enjoy something because that takes a risk to align yourself with something. It's just easier to nitpick and hate. And unfortunately now the online communities that just snowballs into this huge thing. And I will admit, I reread the ready player one and it was sort of the pulp fiction effect where you watch it the first time and there's stuff that's unexpected just coming at you. And it's the thrill ride. And it's like, Oh my gosh, Uma just took a needle to the chest. And the second time you, you know, what's coming. So there's that, that excitement and thrill is muted now because you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're going to talk about a cheeseburger. And that's not as funny because it's not now unexpected. It's still, Mm -hmm. it still has its strengths, but with Ready Player One, yeah, the the thrill of, oh my gosh, that reference, and oh my gosh, this piece is gone, and you start to focus more on the story, and it just doesn't hold up as well, because so much of it is pinned to those pieces. But I am confident in the movie, because from the trailer, I can see they have made significant changes. I'm not expecting a really faithful adaptation. I am imagining they've taken some basic concepts, and there's some key moments, but it looks like there's a a lot of other parts of the story where particularly in the third act, it may be going in some slightly different directions, which I think is good because that's the important part of adaptation of something. How do you take the book? How do you make it visual? What works in the book may not work visually and you'll have to modify that. And I, I trust Steven Spielberg knows how to deliver an entertaining film. I I absolutely agree. And you know, we watched for, for family movie night last night. This was the first time we've done, uh, uh, something quite like this. We uh, introduced the family to Jaws. Uh, neither of my kids had seen Jaws, and uh, oh. I, I'm starting to feel like it's time to to have family movie night be about more than you know a certain age of stuff. And and I want to talk about different uh, different vectors of approach to film. And so Jaws was the start. Uh, and uh, I, I, you know, there there are pieces of it where they. Uh, you know, they responded with, you know, yeah, it's a it's an old movie. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's weird. It's an old movie. But boy, they were on the edge of their seats for the narrative of it. And I think they they actually really enjoyed the the, the story and the ride and the scares. And uh, and now we get to talk about hiding the shark, you know, <laughs> like, what does that do? <laughs> yeah, like the, there's a whole new approach. And and that's that's Spielberg sort of at his best. And I I feel like uh, I'm going to give I'm going to I'm I'm going to extend the benefit of the doubt until I see this movie. And and then we'll have a conversation about how well all the the, the rest of it works. I actually feel fine. I am firmly on the side of the posters. I think they're clever and funny. And every time I see the Breakfast Club one, I laughed out loud. I thought it was great. And uh, and so you want to mine pop culture for for marketing uh, purposes as somebody who has designed posters for things in the past. Have a ball. 
these were these were terrific. Uh, Yes, I also want great movie posters out there and there aren't a whole lot of great movie posters. But this campaign is funny and charming, even if the original source material posters weren't that great. The, the the idea is funny and charming and and fits in the world of the film. So um, I'm I am letting that go. Oh, well, I think I think it was Andy that brought up that's, you know, nobody got all bent out of shape when the Muppets, you know, did that, you know, several years ago when that movie came out. And there, I mean, that was the same thing. Let's take something and we're going to tweak it. And it was funny and it was cute and innovative. And maybe there's backlash now because it's, oh, somebody already did that. But I think it's being done well, in particular because it gets into, to me, it's a nice bridge to the world of the movie where you've got the main character becoming a celebrity. So it makes sense that you would see these types of, it's, we will yeah. deconstruct all of this, you know, at the end of, yeah, at yeah the end we've of got March, our so, film board. I'm actually, yeah. unfortunately, I don't think I'm even going to be there, uh, but I'm, I'll be in discord for sure. Okay. Um, so anyhow, let's, uh, let's jump into trailers, shall we? Yes, let's do that. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go first. You do uh, that. All right. That's so the, bring it on. Uh, my trailer is uh, The House of Tomorrow, which uh, opened in the, the San Francisco International Film Festival uh, in April of 2017. So it's been floating around uh, the, the film festival circuit for a little while. Uh, it, it opens limited uh, in the U.S., at least on April 20th of this year. And uh, it, it's one of those movies. It feels like a remake of a movie that Asa Butterfield has just done. <laughs> which is which is the the space between us where he's a boy who lives on who's born and lives on Mars and uh and he travels to Earth for the first time now in the house of tomorrow he lives uh you know in in this house with Ellen Burstyn and uh he's in this house and has never really gone outside the house and he lives in future dome and is introduced to the world for the first time and it's this exact same sort of fish out of water potential romance that i feel like we just got in the space between us and he's doing it again immediately and i don't know if i find that charming and cute or sad uh, a sad case of bad timing but i as you know i love ellen burston i think she's fantastic and i love that she's in this it's got some uh, other wonderful people, uh, including Asa Butterfield, who I really enjoy. Alex Wolf, we had a great time with him in uh, Jumanji. Uh, and Maud Apatow uh, is in this movie, is Meredith Whitcomb. Maud uh, is the daughter of, uh, you know, the other director, Apatow. Uh, and so it's it's uh, uh, fun to to see her in this thing. So I I actually think this is going to be one of those movies that, that might be kind of fun. Um, uh, certainly, I don't know if I'll be seeing it with my teenage daughter. She might go with a friend, uh, but it's. Uh, uh, but I love the whole, uh, you know, sort of honor to uh, discovering punk music, and and uh, I, I actually the probably the thing that connects me to this most is watching my kids when I introduce them to something new. Uh, the look on his face in the in the trailer when he puts the earbuds in and listens to to punk for the first time is the experience that I just adore every time I introduce my kids to something new you know and and uh so i'm i you know i found this one a charming little little trailer and i i hope it gets a little bit of a wider release it's at 8.2 out of 10 on um 
uh, on IMDb. So it clearly uh, passes the uh, six star test of being potentially interesting. So, um, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. Probably. What did you think? seems like a movie that might be right up your alley. It, it is exactly right up my alley. And if I hadn't picked my other trailer, this was one that I saw. And I, like, well, I already had picked my trailer. So I was like, well, I may come back to this one. This is exactly the type of movie that I really enjoy seeing. And it's, I think... Like Gen X now getting to that point where they're writing these stories and because this I can't place when this is, but clearly it must be in the 80s if we were discovering punk rock music. Correct. So it's it's Gen X going back to its teen years. And I see like this. It's it's like the the ghost of John Hughes, you know, looms over everything. And, mm-hmm. and, a, and there's such. Uh, an influence. I, I won't say, oh, this is, you know, hitting all the, the John Hughes tropes, but you can just see that in terms of honoring what teens value and what that experience is like and approaching it truthfully and honestly with all the the challenges and ugliness to it that is is growing up. So I just really enjoy films like this. Yes. Uh, Mr. Butterfield is the king of fish out of water right now. We will see where he continues to, to go with his uh, his next projects, but I think he does it well. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really, this is one that, yeah, I, I hope to be able to go with my kids because I want to watch them enjoy a movie like this, you know, to, to yeah, see that. Yeah. Do they, do they have that? But as a parent, I realize sometimes I have to let them go. They have to, they have uh, to go and swoon over the cute boys on their own without dad there next to them. So. Oh, don't even. <laughs> 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 well, the the director uh, of this film uh, is uh, Peter Lavolsi, and he also directed another movie that in researching for this movie, I now really, really want to see. It's called Leonard in Slow Motion, and it stars Martin Starr, uh, of, of originally of you know Freaks and Geeks and Knocked Up, but now Silicon Valley. Uh, and just listen to the title or to the summary, Leonard exists in slow motion, but lives in a regular speed world. Now, I'll see it at that already. Uh, <laughs> when he discovers his office crush is getting transferred to Florida, Leonard decides he must somehow become a regular regular speed to win her heart before she leaves town for good. Uh, you know, that also is a, a hot 7.2 on IMDb, which, again, passes the six star rule. This could be really great. So uh, it is now hit my list. Uh, Leonard in slow motion. I, I want to see this. Uh, these films of Peter Lavolsi. Uh, he seems to be making good, funny things that probably more people need to see. So uh, we'll, we might have to come back to this. OK. All right. What's your trailer? My trailer. I'm keeping with our secret theme that we didn't know we had, which was <laughs> movies Featuring children of directors from the 80s, uh, or I guess not necessarily from the 80s, but children of directors, because you've had, had yeah. Maud Apatow. And uh, my film is Flower, which you get a you get a twofer, actually a threefer in this, because it's directed by Max Winkler, son of Henry Winkler, starring Zoe Deutsch, daughter of your teen crush, Leah Thompson, and director Howard Deutsch, who was sort of like the you know, co-pilot with John Hughes uh, in a lot of those 80s teen movies. And this film, the best way to describe it is it's, you know, I don't, 
I don't know what IMDb does with their descriptions, but it says a sexually curious teen forms an unorthodox kinship with her mentally unstable stepbrother. And I thought, <laughs> that's not what I get out of the trailer. It's you've got also Adam Scott in this as uh, and and Catherine Hahn. So there's some comedy to this that doesn't come across in that IMDb description, but it uh, seems like they're stalking Adam Scott because they think there's something suspicious going on with him. So like this, he's a sexual predator, right? Of some sort. Yes, and they they want to catch him. And so there's there's wild antics. And what really stood out for me was this is about when you're a teen and you sort of feel like in nothing can get in your way that you can get away with anything and you do outrageous and sometimes dangerous antics um, and what that, you know, does to your life. And so I'm intrigued by this because again, straddling the, the sort of tragic humor of being a teenager and, and more serious elements. So I, I think it looks like a really interesting cast because you've also got uh, Dylan Galula who people may recognize as Zanthippi from Kimmy Schmidt. So between the two of them, I think we've got, uh, some some really interesting performances that I'm looking forward to catch. And this one uh, looks like it's coming out in limited release uh, next week, March 16th. So, oh, excellent. It's coming soon. It's coming soon to be out there. Yeah. So what did what did you get? Oh, I, I thought this? it was fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was really funny. And Zoe Deutsch is a she's just a star. I mean, she's just so charismatic and funny and and uh, I'm into it. I also realized that this is a there's a secondary a beta theme at work here, which is alum from Parks and Rec. You've got oh, Adam yes. Scott. I've got Nick Offerman, uh, both uh, <laughs> uh, characters true. that were just fantastic in Parks and Rec. So uh, I think it's uh, I, I think it's going to be great. I, this is another one that I'm going to have to roll the dice on whether I see it with my kids. Uh, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be very funny. Well, I am I am cautious because of your IMDb six star rule because it's hovering at five point four, but that appears to be based on only a hundred or so votes. So I think you know it's it's early on, and and we will see. And as we discussed, I just I won't embrace the hate, and I will go enjoy this for what I for myself. Yeah, yeah, as you should. All right, it's time. Let us. Steve, move to the lists. We need a now, song or a theme or something to introduce this. Like maybe, maybe crumpling paper because it's always like, <laughs> damn, you stole mine. And stomping feet. Crumple paper and there stomp we go. your feet. Yeah, yes, yeah that's there perfect. We go. Right, that's right. Uh, I, uh, the, the list is, is based on the, the film that we talked about on the main show this week is uh, Point Break, the original Point Break from 1991 uh, with the great Swayze and Reeves. And uh, so we decided to go broad this week and look at films that we enjoy that are in the genre or in the, the theme of people going undercover to spy upon other people, cops undercover. And uh, and so that's that's where we ended up. And I tried. I think I've got it in my list. I've got one that's it's pretty it's super predictable. I'm not going to lie to you. It's super predictable. Uh, but the other two, I'm hoping are immune to being stolen. I will be very surprised if you find a way to steal from me here. Okay, we'll, we'll I went see. Deep I... into the mines, deep <laughs> into the mines for this one. Okay, I, I've got. Um, I'm in a similar situation where I I've got one that I think is likely to be stolen, and the other two I think I think I am immune. But but we will right. see. 
Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, would you would you like to kick us off? Would you like? To sure. I'll, I'll I'll steal one of yours. Would you like to, to go start the, with the yes. risk? I'm I'm going to yeah. take the risk. Yeah. Let's so let, let's just say you know that was the Partridge Family's. Doesn't somebody want to be wanted? Followed by Edison Lighthouse. Love grows where my rosemary goes. As K Billy's Super Sounds of the '70s Weekend just keeps on trucking. Reservoir Dogs. Uh, yep, right there. there. We go. There we go. There you go. That's the one. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's, it's just an iconic film. It's does that whole, you know, tension of when you're undercover to me, the, when it's handled really well, it's that dramatic irony of, is he going to get caught? Is he or she going to get caught? Is their identity going to be revealed? And the tension that that creates and how well that is sustained and woven into the story. And I think, Reservoir Dogs is just an iconic film that you put up there, and there we go. So, yeah, and, and you know, coupled with uh, an absolutely impeccable cast. I mean, oh, there yes. isn't a single guy in a suit that is is bringing anything but a game, and so the, right. the big reveal is fantastic. Um, uh, it's, it's a great pick, and I uh, it hurts my feelings that I didn't get to do it. Uh, <laughs> my. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see, where where should I start? I think I will go back in time to 1949. Steve, what were you doing in 1949? I'd like to think you'd be, <laughs> you'd have been in the theater. Uh, I'd like to think you'd been in the theater watching uh, White Heat starring oh. James Cagney. Have you seen this one? I have not. Add it I to your been. list. Okay. Add it to your list. This is definitely told from the perspective of uh, Cagney. Right. As as he's a gangster, he's he's Cody, uh, Cody Jarrett. Arthur Cody Jarrett is his character. And he is a gangster. He's a criminal uh, leader of, of the Jarrett gang. Uh, and, you know, his mother, of course, Ma Jarrett uh, is uh, is in it with him. And he's he's just he's not a good guy. And in a in the course of a train robbery, he kills uh, a, a, a treasury officer, a Fed, and he's terrified that he's going to go to jail for a very long time. So to go to jail for a shorter time, he confesses to another um, uh, another crime and is put in a cell. And in order to get information out of him, they put uh, a uh, Vic Pardo playing the, the part of Hank Fallon undercover uh, in his cell as his cellmate. And that is where the undercover story starts. It is a really interesting story, I think, and super fun. Cagney's at his like weird, uh, noir gangster best in this movie. And, uh, um, but you know, I, I got a great deal of satisfaction out of watching it, particularly the emotional sort of uh, ride that we go on between these two characters at this time in cinema history. It's really fun to watch. It's not quite so gritty as something like the departed you know and and uh um so i i get a lot of satisfaction out of it that's white heat 1949 directed by raul walsh walsh written by ivan goff and ben roberts and it was based on a book white heat by virginia kellogg so you can read the book too i i just know like look at my i made it at top of the world yeah. you know yeah. that's that's yeah. about all i know classic yeah, yeah. it's the, the iconic stuff right yeah it's, it, it's got some iconic one-liners that you will say oh yep now i've seen that movie okay Good. All right. Check it off the list. Yeah. I will add that to my list. It's also a good movie, though. That's well, that, that's the thing. Yes. sometimes you get those iconic lines and and you're like, oh, OK, well, at least I've seen it. Yeah. No, I've always yeah. I'm always looking to to broaden the decades that I am, you know, experiencing. And uh, yeah, I, I, there you I, go. I'm, I'm traveling back in time for one of my picks. But my next pick is not 
to travel that far back in time. But when I was thinking of Undercover, I could not pass up an opportunity to talk about Brit Marling. Because, you know, I'm a huge Brit Marling fan. Another Earth, Sound of My Voice, the OA on Netflix. Yeah. So... I can't believe I didn't think of this. I this can't is, believe this it. Great is, pick. Yes, The East, written by Marlene and her frequent collaborator, collaborator Zal Batman. I just call him Zal Batman because he's got yeah. Batman in his last name. I'm like, <laughs> that is just the best last name ever. Uh, but the story is that Sarah is an undercover agent at a private intelligence firm, and she's hired to infiltrate the East, which is an eco-terrorism cell that's been targeting companies that pollute the environment. And so she's got to go in, and you've got a very course of course charismatic leader to this this group and so there's always that question of when you get into a cult do you start to lose your perspective and identify with what they're doing and what their efforts are about so this was one that i was not sure you know whether i I was going to like it but i i was hoping and it is one that i think is one of those little hidden gems that i'm going to encourage people to go discover because it's just a very well-crafted film also with uh ellen page in there. This well. is one of those movies, Steve, that is ripe for either a three of a kind or a trailer rewind. It is a candidate for both. And uh, I am really surprised you haven't talked more about it. I think it's a it's wonderful film. You should get JJ to watch this and talk about it. I might it might traumatize him. I'm not I'm not sure. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, There's a line. He's, he's very he's very fragile sometimes. And I, I, I fear him saying I had to I had to watch this from across the room because uh, it does get intense. It gets uh, very intense. Very intense. You, you guys yeah. have done some pretty intense. Oh, yes. Oh, well, it's, it, well, it's, it's Alexander Skarsgård. I think some you of the scenes with porn for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> that was by that was your oh, that was Andy's fault. Yeah, I know. But no, this is one that, yeah, I, this is what, why, you know, the trailer rewind exists. This is why, yes. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad I am thrilled to know that you have seen this one. I thought this was going to be one of those, well, I'll maybe put it on my list type of films. So yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. All right. My next pick is uh, a 1981 crime drama. And uh, this one, this one uh, also surprised me because it's one of my dad's favorite films. And uh, so I, I, I don't I'm going to say it. I don't like it as much as my dad does, but it's interesting and it has some interesting things going on. Uh, m- my dad's a huge Treat Williams fan. Oh, so, my gosh. OK, no, I, you're not right. stealing. You're not stealing it. But as I was discussing with my brother films, he's like this one. I'm like, I haven't seen. It. He's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, you've got to see this. I'm like, oh, OK. Prince of the City. Yes. Prince of the City. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I mean, it's got it's got an amazing cast of the era, right? Treat Williams. In addition to Treat Williams, you got Jerry Orbach. (laughs) Jerry Orbach. Oh my goodness. Uh, For those who didn't know he was anything in anything other than Law and Order. Um, And uh, Lindsey Krauss and Bob Balaban. I mean, it's a fantastic cast. The the story is of a, a dirty cop, right? He's a narcotics detective who's also a drug addict, right? So Treat Williams is a is a nasty guy, and uh, he gets roped into internal affairs and uh, doing a, a a corruption investigation in his own department. And um, it, it it's one of those movies that. Um, you know, you there are no <laughs> there are no good guys, but they make the bad guys the best guys. And in fact, the the bad guys in the movie are actually 
the in the the like litigators who uncover the crimes and litigate against them. So they totally turn the tables and you walk out feeling really dirty for who you end up rooting for. Uh, but I will tell you, it's based on the book, the true story of uh, uh, Robert Daly. Um, you know, and his uh, or of uh, Robert Daly's book about this narcotics detective, uh, Robert Lucci. And as such, it was made with such sort of care that, in fact, I did not know this. The the film was considered authentic enough that the head of the DEA called Sidney Lumet to get a copy of this book for their training program. Uh, and so, you know, it's worth seeing because it has legs far beyond just the, the small screen you'll be watching it on. Uh, there, there are there's a generation of drug enforcement agents that, that have been exposed to this film because uh, of its authenticity in their training capacity. So I, I think it's really interesting for a number of reasons. The undercover angle is particularly dark and uh, gritty and 80s. And if you're into those sorts of things, this would be a movie for you. It's almost three hours long. I yeah. didn't know they made movies that long back then. No, I, yeah. it's it really. Yeah, I there's every there's every reason to watch this movie. There's not yeah. anything I can look at. I can look at this cast, look at the director. I'm like, OK, yes, this is something that I'm ashamed to say I have not seen. But it was one of those things, I guess, because of the because of when it was released. I was working in a video store in high school. I was like, oh, that's one of those like late 70s early 80 things yeah whatever you know give me something now so yeah. now i'm right. in a, you know sort of a mature film viewer saying yes i'm going to go back into the, the the darkness of the late 70s and early 80s and look at some really gritty uh drama so yeah, it, it's funny I, I think the funny bit to me is that prince of the city <laughs> actually was nominated for an academy award for best adapted screenplay <laughs> But it lost to On Golden Pond. Oh, yeah. Sort of the opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> on, there. That, there. That there's an Oscars hate crime there. Yeah. there. How do you how do you compare yeah. these two movies? So anyway, that's it. Okay. Uh, Prince of the City, 1981. Okay. So I am traveling back in time. I'm going to take you way, way back to 1959 to Alfred Hitchcock, mm. who oh. often you think of mistaken identity, which is not undercover. But Roger Thornhill, in his quest to find out why these guys are after him and have mistaken him for George Kaplan, eventually runs across the police. He gets arrested and they hand him over to the government who tells them, no, George Kaplan doesn't exist. But now they're going to ask him to continue assuming the role of George Kaplan to figure out what's going on. So we've got Cary Grant undercover in the last part of North by Northwest. Isn't that, didn't you pick that for something else recently? Oh, probably because it's an amazing film. It is an amazing film. You can pick it for so many different things. And I was like, I was like, wait, have they done this? No. Why have they not done this? Why is this? Why is there no Hitchcock series on this show? What's going on? That's too funny. Yeah. That's no, too funny. But it's, yeah. that Because at first I was, I thought about it. I'm like, no, no, it's mistaken identity. It's mistaken identity. And then it was, oh, no, no, he... There's that there's that turn where he he knowingly takes on the undercover agent role, which, you know, it's it's the uh, regular guy, you know, regular man on the street, all American guy, you know, fighting for his country. So uh, that's awesome. That's a great yeah. pick. I, I love it uh, and uh, pick it every week for all I 
care about. Even, give me even Marie Saint any day of the week. So, number one, I'm waiting for your next pick to be a Woody Allen movie. And I guess you just threw down, I've got to find a way to work North by Northwest. And <laughs> Every single week. I actually, I I uh, have to tell you, it is too early and I completely spaced that I needed to start with Woody <laughs> Allen. But that's back on the list for next week. I'll do whatever it is we talk about. I'll do it. Uh, and, uh, now we have to go to my even more predictable pick. Uh, and I, sometimes you just have to go for the adrenaline boost <laughs> and that's oh, why no. I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I am choosing the 2001 action crime road thriller, the fast and the furious. Many people forget that the whole thing started with uh, undercover cop Brian O'Connor going undercover with a group of un- to uncover a group of unknown hijackers who use Honda Civics to hijack car trucks and ends up falling in with Vin Diesel and the family. And uh, it starts a, a legendary series of uh, adrenaline fueled uh, race joy. I actually didn't give this whole series any credit at all. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't interested in it. I didn't watch it. I didn't see any of the films in the theater uh, until the most recent one. And then Andy told me, eh, you got to give it a shot. It's one of those things you have to have in your catalog. Yeah. So I binged them. I watched all of them in, in order all at once, I think on over a course of a three-day weekend. And I walked out. First of all, I had the Benz. Like, I felt like I was shaking. (laughs) Yes. But also, I I feel like I appreciate the series for what it is. This is a a movie where the filmmaker, or a a series where the filmmakers, I think, pull out all the stops. They use every single kind of technology that they can, from practicals to uh, CG visuals to whatever they can do to make a stunt look great. They will do it. And I, uh, in, in many ways, these movies, I actually really appreciate the craftsmanship uh, of of the integration of stunt work to effects work. I think it's just really fun, and and um, I I have a good time at these movies in spite of of any of the the more serious cinephile complaints. No, I I'm right there with you. I binged the series I think last year or the year before, so it was up through the fifth or sixth one maybe mm-hmm. at that point because I'd seen the first one when it came out, and then the second one was sort of where things things started to get derailed there in the second and third ones. But then they they came back and found their flow, and it it reminded me of of binging way back in college, like the original Star Trek movies where it's just fun to go one after the other, but then you step back and realize it's it's the same thing over and over again. Like, hey, look, the Enterprise is the only ship in the quadrant. Okay, they're gonna go deal with something. It's like, okay, we're gonna we've got another heist. I, I'm just waiting for, you know, let's let's get these two, you know, franchises together and let's let's have Fast and Furious Voyage home where they've got to, you know, get the whales, you know, from one place to another and there's a big car chase. I think that yeah. would be, you know, because uh, <laughs> where else do you go with this? It's we're jumping cars from buildings. Across, you know, it's it's gotten to the point where, unfortunately, it's become almost a caricature and cartoon of itself. But going back and watching that first one, it is so much more grounded in the character yeah. dynamic of it, which I, you know, it, it makes it the perfect fit for this because it is that undercover cop trying to infiltrate this this gang figuring out who the bad guys really are and starting to gain some sympathy for what they're doing, that maybe they're not as bad as we see. Maybe there's some honor among thieves. 
And that is, it's so much more about the characters than about CG car explosions and chases and how can we have more ridiculous chases. So yeah, I say if, if people have forgot, sort of lost touch with the core of what this franchise is about, go back and watch the first one because it is, it's so much more grounded in the, in the people, which makes it a, a, a really solid film. You know, it's interesting too, that they, they, I feel like they, all of the spinoffs have, have really, I mean, it's, they've changed the vibe of the, of the series. And now there's talk of this, of Hobbs and Shaw, the kind of spinoff series between Jason Statham's character, Deckard Shaw has been announced and that maybe Shane Black is going to direct it. Uh, you know, they, they put a lot of the great sort of action DNA in this movie. Is anything great going to come out of, of, you know, future films? I don't know. They, Diesel has announced that, that the 10th film, which is currently slated to be released April 2nd, 2021, is going to be the final film in the series. And so at least we know we're getting 10 and then we can hang it up. But uh, but I'm with you on the first one. Check it out if you haven't, or at least revisit it to remind yourself of what the what the series is really all about. I think that's that's the, my that's my pick. I think that's the perfect pick to to end the list because I think as you guys mentioned on the, the show, it is really that connection to Point Break, where it is, you're grounded in these characters. It is a great action film, but there's so much more about the relationship between your your two your two main stars, that there's some unique chemistry there, and I think that makes Fast and Furious the perfect way to end this list, so great well, job. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Now our question, Steve, is what are we going to do next week? I don't know. What are you guys watching we... for next week? What is it in the... Oh, it's D- Detroit? Right? It's is Detroit. That... We're, we're wrapping up this year's Catherine Bigelow series with Detroit. Boy, have you seen it? No, it's it's on Hulu. It's on my list of like, oh, that's finding the right evening to sit down and, and watch that because it's not something yeah. to just sort of casually, I'll just put this on Saturday afternoon, just sit down and, you know, watch Detroit. Yeah. yeah that's something to be taken lightly. So I, I don't know where uh, yeah. to go with this one. I I am really struggling with it, and uh, be, because of just the nature of of what it's about, and and the controversy, frankly, and this is this you know our our sort of current media appetite, you know, uh, the the film. It's uh, let's see, we've got the story of um, you know, it's a true story. It's a, a story about you know police violence, uh, racial violence, and um, uh, it is. I, I think you know the not to spoil it but if you know the story uh you know the the challenge that i have with it is that the the people that you know should win in the courtroom drama part don't win uh and it's it is really not a satisfying way to end the film and you you know the truth and yet still seeing it played out on on screen is is really tough. Uh, I don't know how I, I don't have a sort of instinctive pick of even a single film that I would choose that would fit that where uh, the good guys lost in court. But that was one that I thought might might jump out. What do you think? Ooh, that's, a, in that's, there? that's tough. Well, sometimes when I'm trying to figure something out about a film, I go into IMDb and look at the plot keywords to sort of see mm-hmm. what are the things. But of course, yeah, what do that, you find? Well, then you quickly spiral into the road of madness where it's like every little tiny thing is in there because it's you know let's see movies with a fictional character based on a real life person well that's really broad then you've got british yeah. actress playing american character yeah. <laughs> well you know that in many ways that might be the safest or, or reference to john coltrane 
almost hit by a car. Movies in which people are almost hit by a car, I think. I don't even remember that in the movie. Are you kidding? I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. False there are a accu- lot of cars on fire. False accusation of being a pimp. There you go. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. But I, th- I think maybe the, the courtroom drama piece. Uh, yeah. Or is it more important that is it? Gonna be it's about, not really a courtroom. I mean, right, that's the thing. It's not yeah. a courtroom film. You know, that's a is very it more about hi- historical? You know, so tr- true events of, you know, I don't know, bad police, bad police, uh, or, or true riots. stories of bad police, true stories of bad police. <laughs> uh, that's we got we're undercover yeah. already. You yeah, got right, the, you've right. got the the riots going on. Oh my God, Steve Bullhorn is a keyword for this bullhorn. <laughs> yes, there's lots of bullhorns. I'm sure. Oh dear, <laughs> that doesn't uh, help. Okay, how about uh, uh, true stories in which real documentary footage is used somehow? That's a keyword. <laughs> uh, yeah. Reference to Ford Motor Company. Yeah, mm, these are delightful. That'll are bring kidding? us back. That'll bring us back to the Fast and the Furious again. That's you know. <laughs> uh, but if I guess what I think of this movie without having seen it, I know it's a it's a historical moment about. A very tense moment in American history, and so uh-huh. maybe, is it is it broader yeah. like that that you know you know sort of pivotal or key moments in American history I'm that okay are that. you know that I'm that are, that really are turning okay points. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd say because otherwise we get way too narrow. So I'd say we we go a little bit broader to say whoever's going to be here next Saturday, you bring what you think are movies about important parts of American history. Well, I am definitely here next Saturday, so I'm okay. okay with this. But there is a week coming up that I'm not, so we'll choose a really hard one for that week. Okay. This one's going to be great. <laughs> Sounds good. Tension in American history for the list next week. We are uh, That's that's going to be a fun one. There are a lot of, of, of I think, great films that, that will help us cover that. We've, we've been pretty stupid. Oh, yes. And it's easy to document on film. It is excellent, outstanding, outstanding. We're looking in a mirror next week, everybody. Uh, this has been fun, Steve. What's what's next on your list? What are you going to see this week? Uh, well, there's there's so much. I, our schedule has been so crazy busy. The rest of the family still has not seen Black Panther, so I <gasps> that's like number one on my list of that. But I still haven't seen Annihilation. Then we've got Wrinkle in Time. I mean, there's so much. The kids are on spring break next week, so. I, we may you just you know do, I don't know spend a lot of time out in the theaters to get away from the heat. <laughs> yeah, duck the heat, man. Yes, because it's it's we'll you be, know it's, I, it's, it's it's Arizona and it's March. It's starting to get up into the seventies. You know, it's it's warming up. What is it right now? Just tell me real quick. What is what, it right what now? Is where it you are? Right now, yeah. what what does my phone tell me? Because I can't look out the window to look at a thermometer because that's archaic technology. Why yeah, would I no. depend on that? Barbarian. It, it right now is sixty five. And we will have a high of 70 and it is, it's, it's partly cloudy. So yeah, sort of like summer for you guys, right? It's 34 degrees right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Suck it, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not making you live there. That's your choice. I should be in bed. Uh, next week, I'm doing this in bed. Although the time changes again, so I feel bad. Oh, that's this oh, has been great. Oh, next week. That's a no. Yeah, we could do some bed yeah. casting. There you go. We're going to do bed <laughs> casting. Get your coffee, everybody. Get your coffee. This has been really fun. Yes. Uh, 
Thank you, as always, Steve. Thank you for uh, uh, joining me this morning, and thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show, because if you are, it means you're a Patreon supporter, and we really appreciate that. Uh, and, and I have to tell you, I ordered merch, Steve. You ordered, I ordered merch? some sample merch. You're okay. going to check your mailbox because you're going to tell me what you think of it. Okay. Uh, it's coming. It won't be here for like a month for some reason. It takes a long it, time. Is it coming from China? They, I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> okay. I think it's coming from Canada. Oh, I think oh. it's coming from Canada, but it just takes a long time. There's a lot of uh, textile stuff. So oh, wow. It's a, okay. it's a big textile story. Don't worry about that. Anyway, hopefully we'll have some merch that we can start shipping out to people who are our supporters. That's what I'm really, really looking forward to. And uh, until then, until next week, uh, have a great week. Yeah, you get better, get some rest, and enjoy some movies. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.